This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. For boosted pilates to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. So head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com slash SGP. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGP. And we're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social Betting revolution at sobat.io slash SGPN. That's sobat.io slash SGPN. SGPN app. Do not forget to download that. Our home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, welcome back, DJs from the long winter hibernation. Um, it's your boy Boston Capper with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer, and Brian Kirstner. We're doing the season preview a little bit over unders and the major previews. And uh, yeah, man, I'm ready to get back into it. How about you, boys? Yeah, I'm ready to get back into it too. Uh, we're shaking off the rust, as uh, you probably are hearing right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a very interesting month for both of us. Uh, Boston Capper's Patriots are surging back to the playoffs, although you guys have been sputtering a little bit. The fuck is that? We've lost two in a row. You're gonna come out like that? Like that's the first. That's how we're gonna start. We all know that you guys are gonna make the Super Bowl. It's all right. That's how we're gonna start. We lost two in a row. Well, listen, it's a lot better than my team. So I'll, you know, just to give you guys a heads up of where I'm, what I've been doing. I actually uh, traveled to the cesspool known as Philadelphia. I don't know why. I (laughs) see the Giants lose and get killed. And uh, what ended up happening is I went to that dumpster fire of a stadium and probably got COVID. So (laughs) I am currently in quarantine. Uh, waiting for the PCR tests. Uh, don't feel great right now. Uh, also trying to keep it down because the quarantine room is right across the hall from where my toddler sleeps. So, yeah, that wouldn't be great if I wake up mommy, who uh, would have to take care of the baby while I can't. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's what's going on with my life. What about you guys? What about Boston Capper? What's been going on with your life for uh, uh, last month? Been, I've been golfing a lot recently, so that's been good. Uh, you know, family shit. Christmas, mayhem, feeding everybody, cleaning shit up. Like, you know, just a normal holiday stuff, man. Hanging out, trying to catch up on some shows and uh, enjoying my nice, warm Florida weather to golf on whenever I feel like it, Steve. (laughs) You know, it got up to 45 up here. Woo! Heat wave. Yeah. Hey, let's bring on our our, our guest, Brian Kirshner, who is the new DFS writer for Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So, Brian, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm so happy to be on this podcast with not my co-workers, okay? Right. My co-workers were all on the pod together. Uh, I'm super excited for this upcoming season. So doing a podcast like this really gets me in the mood, and it was great doing research and uh, and making my picks. So I'm very excited for the uh, the podcast tonight. And uh, I have a lot of great picks and a lot of great futures to make for the uh, the majors upcoming. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's it's always great, really, this time of year, because, you know, we're right in the precipice of the tournament champions. But, you know, I mean, we, you know, sometimes you want to get bets down on the majors and everything. And there's some good opportunities that we'll talk about tonight. And, uh, you know, we got to break down, you know, two golf courses we haven't seen in a little bit and two pretty familiar ones. So it'll be good. So uh, why don't I take a quick break and then we'll start uh, diving into it. All right, man. Tick pick. Listen, college football's championship weekend is behind us but bowl season is going on and there's no need to exhaust yourself 
searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favorite team to play their bowl game this winter. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site. And the only one you'll ever need to need as your go-to for all your tickets, NCAA football, NFL, concerts, NBA, and more. TickPick got rid of all those office awful service fees and other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their college football tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% back in the difference of the purchase price. So visit TickPick.com slash SGPN. That's TickPick.com slash SGP. All right. All right. Still shaking off the rust. Those ad reads reads are tough after about. You know, I mean, 2022, we will get those down. (laughs) All right. So before we get into the majors, though, you know, maybe this week, let's take a little time to reflect back in 2021. Not necessarily on like, you know, what we've won, what we lost, but, you know, maybe more of things like what do we want to do better for 2022? Like as far as like how we bet or like or what do we want to continue? So, you know, Boston Cabra, like, you know, why don't you go over some of your New Year's resolutions for golf gambling as we head into the new year? I think it's going to be what we talked about before, right? So, like, just get out of the echo chamber of Twitter and letting that, like, influence my shit. I still remember. It's not get out, right? Like, look, there's lots of good information on there. A bunch of sharp dudes, obviously. I mean, uh, I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean, I still – you'll read one fucking article on there, and then all of a sudden you'll change your betting strategy, right? Like, uh, before the Open, Morikawa doesn't like the way his uh, irons were feeling in the turf. And I was like, well, fuck that. I'm off him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 just little shit like that. And being more disciplined – Maybe not, uh, maybe not firing off so many uh, first-round head-to-head matchups before, uh, <laughs> before before I see anyone swing a fucking club. I mean, look. I mean, typically when I go, when I actually went back and look at it, my ROI is actually good. It's fine, but I also get greedy. And you know, Wednesday night I get a little, a uh, couple gins in me, and I'm getting antsy for the morning. And uh, four turns into eight, and you know, uh, and sometimes I can put you uh, a little behind the eight ball in the tournament. So I think uh, it's a little more discipline as far as as far as that goes. And then. I'm not chasing. I'm not chasing the live the live leaders anymore. Like I'm just not. Like like I'll. I, I know you're laughing because you know I'm going to. <laughs> didn't you get Didn't you get burned like really bad on somebody this year? Yeah, I think I got burned like yeah. twice, right? Because like I'm like fuck it. Like I'll just I'll just fire that. But I don't I don't I heard somebody say the stat or I read the stat somewhere like the 54 hole leader typically converts at almost like a 50 percent clip, and then uh, I think it was like. 20% this year. Like it was so bad. And, and you're paying all that juice on Saturday going to it. And there's no fucking reason for that shit. It doesn't matter how you play it. I can't even remember who, who burned me so bad. Um, but yeah, I don't remember. Oh, well, I, more, I know more. I would fuck me one that when, uh, what was that tournament? He choked away. Oh, the hero. Fuck. Yeah. God yeah. But damn. we both had Hovland. So we we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So there's no worries. Yeah. I mean, it was only a bit of a stressful two hours after seeing him melt down. And, you know, God. Oh, God, that was pretty bad. All right, Kershaw, what about you? Like, you know, what are things that you want to maybe do better or, you know, maybe keep going that seem to work for the fall, you know, heading into the new year? You know, I'm kind of taking this into a different direction. I would say for 2022, the biggest thing I'm going to change is I'm going to be investing a lot more money into DraftKings, into DFS, because I really feel like I can do well at that. And I think I need to kind of up my, I built a little bit of a bankroll. And I feel like at this point, like I want to be putting more money into DFS, some more higher stakes contests, because 
I really think I have an opportunity to succeed and make money on DFS. So I'm definitely thinking that. And then I think the other thing in terms of betting is that if you, I see it happen all the time, is that you're really high on a guy and then you bet him a couple weeks and then his number drifts and you just give up on him. And then that's when they win. I think that if you're really like high on somebody, you should just see it through like really to the end and just make a bigger investment into them from week to week and not hop off guys so easily because of performances in the past weeks, because we've seen golfers like Taylor Gooch really comes to mind. Like mm -hmm. he really did not play well that Sunday at Mayakoba playing in the final group. And you could, get from that situation okay maybe you know he, he can't close he's not a winner and then he goes out and wins two weeks later so i think sticking with guys not judging them too hard off of maybe a past sunday performance that might have cost you money and let not letting emotions really get into things didn't didn't yeah. poor andy wasn't poor andy not even on fucking him that week <laughs> Yeah, him and Rob, who have been talking about since like the summer, literally. Oh my god! Went, uh, they were, and they were on a podcast together. They both didn't bet him this week. They just—it <laughs> was too long down the road. Like, I, th I think that's an extreme example, but like from a three, two to three week stretch, sometimes you just got to stay on him. Not so you, season. So are you gonna? So when you say DFS? Are you gonna start like MME in? Are you gonna be? Are you gonna be 150 training it, or what do you? What do you? What are you talking about doing? So in DraftKings, I'm really thinking. Like my strategy I have in mind is really keeping a tight core and then switching up like three or four guys. So having three guys every single lineup, because I think it's we're we're smart enough to pick three guys and they'll go through and they'll make it. But then it's always those random guys, those seven K guys that one of them misses the cut. And it's like you can't just stick to one guy. You got to kind of change it up. So I think I might do like. I want to do the $200 single entry every week and just have one lineup. But then I like the three entry maxes mm -hmm. or like 20 entry and just have two lineups and bulk enter them and have the core type, but then switch out these seven K guys or an eight K guys, because it always gets a little wary and it's hard to always make a cut. Yeah. Yeah. I, I drunkenly was uh, yelling at Steve a couple weeks ago saying I was going to take a, a chunk of my, uh, my refi money and, uh, and just, just start MMEing DraftKings because I was very upset about something. And what uh, do you think my reaction was? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. I endorse a lot of forms of gambling. Don't take your refi money and dump it in DFS. All right. Anyways, so I, I have a you couple. See? What do you got? All right, I got a couple of New Year's resolutions. So I, I've been busy in the lab uh, this oh, December. You guys have seen a couple of research articles I had. Uh, you know, I put out the Xander article, which uh, inflames certain people on this show uh, to no end that I heard uh, for about a week. Uh, you can go read that on Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, I also uh, recap the top five profitable betters and top five least profitable betters and matchups. That was actually pretty interesting to find. You know, kind of go I back. Like that one. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 like Woodland really surprised me actually because it feels like he was so bad this year, but he actually was. A, you know, he had a pretty good ROI. But you know, the one thing that was mostly eye opening was I did a deep dive on matchups in 2021. Like, where's the profitability? Like, basically, I just I, I always thought in my head, like, what would happen if you just blindly bet the underdog in every single like tournament, like what, you know, would you actually pull a profit? Is it better than just betting favorites? Um, you know, so I actually went through all of 2021 and just recalculate what would the profitability be if, you know, you bet all favorites, bet all underdogs. And it kind of just dovetailed from there as far as like figuring out, you know, there's certain things that I'm not doing with matchups I want to do better. So, you know, if you want to go read the article, there's a lot of research behind it. But long story short, what I found is, you know, bet more guys pre-tournament, like, 
even or like plus 125. That seems to be kind of like a sweet spot for, you know, like where you're most likely in order to make, you know, some money with matchups. Like, you know, your win loss record might not be as good, but I mean, the books do a pretty good job trying to pair two evenly matched golfers together. So if you take a guy who's like kind of like a coin flipper plus 125, that's not a huge underdog to somebody and they generally have the same skill sets. You might as well just blindly bet that and just, you know, especially if you like the guy instead of chasing juice, like minus 130, minus 140. Like, and I, I tended to like kind of get, you know, caught up in a lot of those types of matchups. And while I won, you know, my fair share, like the juice ends up killing you. So I'm going to try and do that. And then I found out with, you know, in round three, it seems like guys who are really good, who tend to be bigger favorites over maybe an inferior guy who just made the cut, like he's playing out of his mind either pay the juice like minus 150 or more or like try to bet more of those coin flip matchups. Those tend to be really profit profitable in 2021. So I'm going to try and do that, you know, just try and bet a little more underdogs pre-tournament, try and target some more round three matchups. But other than that, though, like, you know, like I found like betting round one, round two, round four, like it's really a crapshoot. <laughs> so, yeah, it, there's a reason why they build all those big casinos in Vegas because of that. Um, I know we're talking about majors tonight and doing a lot of uh, futures. Uh, I'm really going to try and limit how much I'm levered up on outrights before like the week starts because, you know, there's always opportunity. My opinion changes. I don't want to be locked into a guy because I think there's value at 45 to one when it really isn't. He ends up drifting at 60 and I feel like a schmuck. And who, who gives a fuck anyway? Like it goes from like 45 to 40 and he hits. Are you fucking are you sad? Yeah, you it, lost five it, to it, ten it, points of in in my <laughs> mind. If a guy goes from forty to thirty, I don't care. I'm just gonna oh. change. I'm just gonna change my units. I bet I don't care. So oh, that's when you bet so, outrights. It's uh, like like whatever. Getting a good number is always fun, but I mean, in reality, what 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 is the difference? You know right. I mean? I mean, unless like you know, like I, I got Sam Burns at the PGA and the U.S. Open at like seventy five to one. Like I like I think he's a really good player. I think he's gonna be under 40 by the time we get there that's different right. but like i i would you know i'm like oh like patrick cantley's doing really well i see him at 35 he's gonna be 20 like, who gives a shit yeah. i used to do that a lot and then yeah. i'm getting on a ton of guys and like it just it, it eats into my profits so yeah, you're like holy I shit i already got seven outrights for this thing right awesome I, and then my last thing was uh, this worked really in the fall just fall out of my fomo bets like i'm a very stat heavy guy but like oh. a, lot of, a lot of my big wins this fall like taylor gooch hovland rory yep. like a lot of those were just like i feel really good about this guy it's a golf course fit i know he isn't really coming in very hot but i think he's just gonna figure it out yeah, I, I think I got to just lean on that a little more and just kind of marry, like have a little better balance between just like, all right, he's gaining X amount of strokes or like, I just think he's just going to, he's undervalued. He's just going to show up well this golf course. So get to use no, the bar you got. That's all, baby. Right. Yeah. No, I Steve, to- I, I completely agree there. I think that is so important because sometimes we get so bogged up in recent form and how they're playing. And it's like these guys are the best golfers in the world. They can figure it out. And I feel like more often than not, I think Coke Rack was the biggest example mm-hmm. of that, in my opinion, in the swing season, because the form was horrible. He wasn't playing well at all, but he was going to a difficult golf course in Texas with not a lot of bunkers. That's long and difficult, and it fit him perfectly. And he was even at a good number, but so many guys didn't want to bet him yep. because the recent form was bad. But it's like if it's a course fit, you kind of just go with it. Boston Capper, why'd you bet Coke Rack that week? Because he is my favorite Texan, sir. 
Yes, even though he's not from Texas. He's not from Texas. Long running joke. He's, he's from fucking Canada. But he looks like it. He looks like he should be from Texas. He looks like. Yeah, he listen, like, listen. You know what? If that's your gambling lean of just betting guys with square jaws that look good in a bolo tie, I think that works for you. You might as well go for it. <laughs> All right, why don't, we, why don't we take another break, and then we'll start diving into uh, these majors. All right, before we jump into the majors, going to talk to you guys about WinBet. Listen, are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get it on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Bet 5 bucks to win $400 in free bets. They also have a... Thing where you can win a VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in LA. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet uh, at the Win Las, <laughs> Las Vegas Sportsbook, and 5K in travel credit. So, listen, great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted pilates to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win today. Ready to play go sign up today and receive a special offer a risk-free thousand dollar sports bet bet big win bigger with WinBet. download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com boom all right now before now before we get to the masters i mm-hmm. i mentioned that the only outrights i have on guys right now i have a 75 to 1 bet on burns at the u.s open and the pga do you guys have anything down like right now before we get into it i got i have this i, I don't remember what numbers i have it at but i have burns at the, the same two you have okay uh, and i got uh i got usti at i think 55 for the open okay yeah i mean i i it's fine to mention these right now because those numbers are gone you know, I mean, I think when I was looking today, Burns is like 50 or lower everywhere. So, yeah. Kershaw, what about you? Do you have anything down right now? Honestly, like I definitely have a lot just because like my my local that I'm on, they have a bunch. So these again, like if I bet these now, when the week comes around, I'm not going to be like, oh, I already bet it. I'm betting less like these are the money's gone from here. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter to me like at this point, but I'll just go quick. Brooks at the PGA 22, Wolf at the U.S. Open 66, Wolf at PGA 90, Kokrak at PGA 100. Again, these are $10. It's not a lot. Connors at the Masters 66, Cam Smith at the U.S. Open, and um, yeah, that, that's – and then Cantley at the Masters. But yeah, those are the only ones I have in right now. But those are a little bit different than what I got right now. Nice. All right. I like it. All right. Why don't we get to the Masters? Come on. So, break it down, homie. Listen, I mean, there's not much to talk about with this thing, and we all see it every year. We all can close our eyes and just picture T.A. to Green pretty much every single hole. Um, I think the only notable things to talk about with the Augusta National is every year they do a little bit of tinkering. And there is actually some significant work being done right now to the golf course. So it looks like uh, there's this – I wish, you know, if I was on Twitter, there's something called, I think, like Eureka Wizard or something. Anyways, they randomly take, like, overhead satellite shots of Augusta National. And Jeff Shackelford has been very nice of actually tweeting out the progress. So what he has noticed is there's a lot of work being done on holes 11 and 15. So it looks like 15, that's the par 5. looks like they're pushing back the tee box, so lengthening uh, the hole a little bit. And they're also moving the tee box on 11. 
to push that back to accommodate for more room. So it looks like 11 is going to get a little longer. 15 is going to get a little longer. They're also taking out a lot of trees down the right side of 11 to kind of open up the landing zone, which is actually moving back towards how that hole was originally set up before they tiger proofed it. I mean, one of the ideas they had was because Tiger was run over this place while we add a bunch of pine trees. Well, it kind of, you know, turned 11 to kind of a bad hole with yeah. not a whole lot of options. Now, guys could potentially cut the corner. There's less trees. Uh, I wish they would eliminate that alley that's way right that Tiger ended up landing in, which saved him on the hole when he went on to go win the uh, 2019 uh, Masters. But o only you would be like, man, I really wish they didn't have that thing where Tiger won the Masters. Yeah, that's well, that, that was bullshit. But Tiger won the fucking Masters in 2019. It was it a was, great moment for golf. It was bullshit. He had a perfect lie, even though he had to drive 40 yards offline. Regardless, that's just that's a nit. Anyways, you should be complaining too. You had Francesco. I know. I don't care. At that point, I didn't care. I was fucking excited for Tiger. As soon as All he put right. that ball in the water, his soul was stuck there forever, and that money was fucking gone. Yeah, they're still trying to fish his body out. Anyway, so <laughs> like a lot of people want to talk about, too, hole number 13. And if you know us on Google Earth, if you ever go looking on there, they have purchased land at Augusta Country Club behind there, and they are doing some sort of construction there. It appears like they will eventually put a new tee box there. What they are doing is adding some trees to the left side the hole that's going to eliminate guys like Bryson or DJ for cutting the corner and going over the top there. But it's as far as this year, it's still going to be the same hole, still the same length. So other than changes to 11, 15, like it's not going to play any differently than what we really think it will. It's going to come down to the weather. If it's firm, fast and cold, it's going to be like the spring masters we saw last year. If it's going to be warm and muggy, it's going to be a little more low scoring like the November masters. So while we kick it off, Brian Kirshner, let's go to you first. Gun to your head. You pick one guy to win the Masters right now. Who's it going to be? This was actually the easiest one, in my opinion, that I had to make. You can currently get him at 40 to 1 on win bet is Cameron Smith. I bet this at 37. I'll probably be betting it a lot more once it gets closer. But that is absolutely my favorite bet to win the 2022 Masters is Cam Smith. And I also think 40 to 1 is a great number. In his last two appearances, Everyone, he came, he has two, three top tens at the Masters. He came in second at the November Masters when DJ won. And granted, that was a little bit easier. So I don't think that that is a full thing. But last year in April, he came in 10th. And then he also came in fifth in 2018. He's talked about how he really loves the Masters. And that's obviously shown in his success here. He's excellent around the greens, really good with wedges. And he's someone's game that. That I'm just really high on for this upcoming season. And I think that with the Masters sometimes, like Decky, people get better and better at the Masters the more and more experience they have. And then they come out and win with a bunch of good results before that. So I'm going to go Cam Smith at 40 to 1. I think he wins the Masters within the next five years. I will bet him for the next five years. So that is my pick for the 2022 Masters. I like it. Love it. All right. I'm, my, I'm next. So. One thing that I like doing with the Augusta National that I talk about in my preview every year is Data Golf did a basically like a rolling strokes gain of how many strokes gain you're expected to have at Augusta National after each appearance. So what they've shown is there's usually a level jump in performance at uh, after your fourth or in your fourth appearance, your seventh appearance and ninth appearance. And basically your prime is between 
in if you're in your seventh and thirteenth. Well, there's two guys who are making their seventh appearance at Augusta National. You got Justin Thomas, who has you know. He's been okay at the Masters. I mean, he was in the mix in the spring one and just completely melted down after melted the down, rain delay. That's, that's yeah. what he does. Right. But the other guy making a seventh star at the Masters is Brooks Kepka. And I know he's good there. And listen, like, he, sh- he was down for a little bit. Like, always the injuries is the big thing for him. But, I mean, he waxed Bryson at the match. I know that was a bullshit event. But. I mean, he played, he was right there at the Hero World Challenge just to have a really good Sunday. You know, he showed some flashes early this spring before he had that knee injury, too. And he, you know, he finished second in the PGA. I think he's eventually going to win a Masters, and I think this might be the one. So if you're putting a gun to my head at 20 to 1, Brooks Kepka, I'll take that. Yeah, I like it, I guess. All right, Capper, why you uh, go? Uh, I'm going Mark Leishman, man. Uh, I feel like he's close. Uh, he's 50 to 1. Um, I don't know how many times he's played there, but I feel like, I don't know, it's somewhere between, like you said, it's somewhere between seven and 13 times. It's really, if he can get going with that putter, man, like, I feel like it's a really good spot for him. Uh, he's been close. Um, yeah, I like, I like Leishman, man, at 50 to one. 50 okay. to one. All right. I mean, that was actually my long shot pick. Cause we, we set the criteria 50 to one or greater. I mean, like I looked at the guys like 70, 80, I didn't love it. There's one, there's one guy who I like. Okay. All right. So maybe I just overlooked him, but I'll piggyback off of you as far as Leishman. So this is going to be his 10th Masters, which is when you had that third level jump. And actually, the last, the last two guys who have won the Masters were in their 10th appearance. Dustin Johnson was making his 10th start. Hideki Matsuyama was making his 10th start. If you love that trend, you might as well go for that. And he's been great at the Masters. Uh, he had a good fall as well. Like, I mean, it was a really bad golf for a solid year. But even in that really bad stretch last year, like, you know, he still finished fifth Masters. So just something about the place. I think he needs a little harder uh, weather conditions in order to, like, do better. I think if it's, like, a November Masters, it's not going to go as well for him. But if it's a firmer one, I think that's more of his style. Like that was similar to that 2012 masters. It was really firm heading into that mm-hmm. week. And he, he was, I think T four, that was like kind of his coming out party. So yeah, I think 50 to one unleashment. That's probably not something I'm betting right now. Cause I think that number could drift backwards a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's somebody I definitely have my eye on. So, all right, Kirshner, what about you? So I, first of all, I really want to say I like Leishman. I think that sometimes, I don't know why, but maybe in my head, I think of him as like a more new golfer, but he's been around for so long. And obviously, like we talk about the Masters and you need experience and you're not going to come out and win it on your second try. So I think that fits the mold perfectly. And he top 10 there last year. I mean, like, what more can you really want? So I really like Leishman. Totally understand this. I did bet Connors 75 to one. Now, Corey Connors. Okay. He, he struggles to even win a regular PGA Tour event. So is he going to come out and win the Masters? I don't know. But I think it's 70 to 5 to 1. I think it's pretty good. Um, obviously, everyone knows he's a tee to green machine and is just awesome with his irons. And that's obviously a big part of playing well at Augusta National, just being dialed with your irons and off the tee. He has two top 10s in the last year. So in the November Masters, he came in 10th. And then he came in 8th in the April Masters. Look, I'm trying to bet a guy at this range that I think is going to finish in the top 10, top 20. I really like that. I will be betting a top 10 and a top 20 on Corey Connors then. So I think it's 75 to 1. That is my long shot to win the upcoming Masters. 
All right. We're going to talk about Corey Connors at a major in a little bit. So, you know, spoiler to that. Why don't we move on to the PJ Championship? That that was my and, long shot, by the way. Like, you you didn't that, you didn't ask me for my long shot. My long shot was also Connors. Oh, my 70, apologies. At 75 to 1. I am in you're lockstep. Not the, you're not the only Brian. one who's rusty. Yeah, I am in lockstep with Brian on that. Like, yeah. I, I love Connors. Like, he's, he's one of my guys anyway. And, man, yep. if he can just get one spike putting week. One. That's all he needs to do there. And get it on the green instead of around the green. But yeah, like, yeah, I love, yeah. I love Connors at 75. And I think with Connors that, you know, it's always easy to just look kind of very recently, but Decky won the masters. What is Decky known as? He's known as a great ball striker that yep. can't putt. Corey yep. Connors is basically the same way. So I think that that fits the mold of Decky winning. So I, I do like, I like Connors it. and I would say I would bet it now if you could get 75 to one, because yep. I think he's going to have a big season. So yep. I, I like Corey Connors. I say bet it now. Let's go. All right. So about the PGA Championship, this is going to be a fun one to kind of do a quick preview of. So this tournament was actually not supposed to be at Southern Hills. It was supposed to be at Trump Bedminster in New Jersey. But after why? they decided why, to have, why did why did they move it, Steve? Well, they had, a, you know, they brought a couple kegs to the Capitol. They were having a good time. You know, they were singing the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, I mean, that's all they were really doing. But apparently the PGA of America hates America and decided <laughs> to move it to Southern Hills. So. Uh, so anyways, about Southern Hills. So it was established in 1936. Uh, it was designed by Perry Max. You yell at me about billboards on fucking I-95. <laughs> I think people can hear the sarcasm in my voice. So. I know. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> all right. So anyway, so um, Southern Hills was created in 1936 by Perry Maxwell. So Maxwell was most known for a lot of work he did at Augusta National. He, he did a lot of the greens and the green surrounds there. Uh, he also did a redesign of uh, Colonial Country Club uh, ahead of the 1948 U.S. Open, I think. Um, so Southern Hills last hosted the PGA Championship in 2007, which is won by Tiger Woods. Uh, it also hosted a U.S. Open. I think in 2002, that was actually a really cool one. That was the one with Retief Goosen. He missed, I think he like three putted from like five feet in order to put them uh, himself in a playoff. Um, Stuart Sink also missed like a two and a half footer. He was just trying to clean up in order to make the playoff there too. Uh, anyway, so this is going to be the fifth PJ championship they have at Southern Hills. Uh, it's hosted a lot of U.S. Opens, as I mentioned. But in 2018, uh, Gil Hansen, Jim Wagner, who are known for, you know, basically they're kind of turned into like the doctors of golf uh, courses, basically restoring a lot of classics in order to like major championship caliber. So some of the ones they've done recently was Pinehurst number four, Olympic club, uh, Los Angeles country club, which is going to be the site of the U S open next year. Country club of Brookline, which we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, we saw their work at Wingfoot, and they also did work at, uh, Southern Hills. So on my column that dropped tonight, I put a video from the Friday guys, basically a five minute video, just describing the golf course, you know, a lot of cool drone shots. If I could describe it, it is a big piece of property. Uh, it's tree line, but there's a lot of room to operate as far as like, you know, wider fairways, but the star of the show of the golf course is definitely the greens and the green surround undulated, quick, fast bent grass greens, tight green, uh, tight grass around the greens, a lot of collection areas, a lot of rolling undulated hills, great topography. There's also uh, a creek that winds its way through the golf course, and a lot of the greens are situated at the bottom of a slope, you know, with tight grass that basically funnels balls down to the creek near the greens. So, I mean, it's going to play about just under 7,500 yards. It's going to be Bermuda grass, tee to green, but because it's in mid May, it's Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
it may be overseeded depending on the climate. I don't think so, just because I, you know, I think it'll probably be warm to, you know, sustain healthy Bermuda grass growth by then. But you know, I, I think this is going to be a really good test. Um, I think it's going to be show really well on TV. I think it's going to be one of the stronger PGA Championship offerings. And the second year in a row, we're going to go to a really good PGA Championship uh, site. Um, you know, I, I think it just as far as a general strategy goes. You know, you kind of say this for a lot of PGA championships, just, you know, long and straight off the tee, I think is really going to have a big edge here. A lot of it is right out in front of you. Some of the bunkers you can carry with big, uh, with big, you know, big driver distances. You hit driver a lot here, but, you know, you got to have a good iron play because you don't really want to, you know, miss your spots on these greens because it's going to funnel into places you don't really want to go. Then it's, tight, you know, tough chipping off a tight Bermuda lies. So, uh, you know, that's my general strategy. Uh, so, Boston Capper, why do you go first? Gun to your head. Who's going to win the 2022 PJ Championship? You want you want the you want the laziest narrative ever because I didn't know shit about the course. Sure. You want to take a stab at who I took? John Rom. Oh no, no, no! He that's... took Hovland. Thank you. <laughs> that's a that's a lazy take, right? I literally know nothing about the course, like nothing. I was like, "Fuck it, Oklahoma." Like, let me hear what Steve has to say. I don't do a ton of future betting anyway. Like I said, I mean, what I got like five or six out there right now. Um, so, but based on what you just talked about, I mean, yeah, I fucking. Yeah, I mean, Hovland's fine. Like a twenty. I mean, it's a good number, twenty-two and a half, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, long and straight off the tee, that's pretty good. I'm yeah, a little, I'm, yeah a little wor- I'm a little worried about his, you know, chipping off of uh, tight lies off of the, off the green there. But I know. although, you know what? I mean, we saw that at the Bahamas and he was fine. Yeah, we saw that's that at Mike Bahamas, Bahamas, though. This is yeah, but that's this is a well, I mean, there, there there's tight runoff areas around each of those greens like so, concession. Yeah. Yeah. Like concession, which he played very well at. Yeah, he did. That's why I kind of had the theory of maybe it's more his bunker work or maybe in deep rough. He can't figure it out. Maybe around tight chipping areas. He's actually OK. Are there a lot of bunkers on this course? Yeah, there's a lot of bunkers around the greens. Uh, not so much on the fairways. You can, you know, pretty easily navigate around. it. It's mostly you got to avoid some creeks. Um, you don't want to be in the rough because especially if it's Bermuda grass rough, like if it's going to be two mm, and a half inches, that's really tough to get out of. Right. But uh, yeah, it's mostly a lot of the trouble and where these guys are going to get tripped up is the greens. It's going to be really slick, fast greens. And they're not going to have, they're not going to have their fucking green books either. Uh, I'm not sure if the PGA of America is going to follow that. It might, that might just be a PGA tour thing. Really? Really? Lame. All right. So, because I, because honestly, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm a little skittish to pick Bryson as a short number because he's very obviously into his green book and shit. But you talk about long and straight on a tough course, like if he can have his book back, like I don't know, Bryson, Bryson might be a decent shot though. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see a Bryson here. So, all right, Kirshner, what about you? Who's gun to your head? Who's picked to win? This was kind of a tough one for me. I kind of went back and forth between two guys under 20 to one. Um, Steve, you had a great analysis. I also listened to Andy Lack's podcast about it. I was between Spieth or Brooks, and I'm going to go with Spieth because I think that this is a different PGA where around the green game is going to be very important and it's more a situational golf course and there's a lot of undulation in both the fairways and the greens and it's not just you're going to overpower this golf course with length and i think spieth if he has a good year i think is obviously one of the most craftiest players on tour and i just think that he i think in my opinion, this past season was just a preview of what's to come. And I think that he does win another major soon. 
And I just think that the way this course shapes up suits him better than other PGA championships that are more dominated by length. But I think with the undulations and the around the green game and the tight lies, I'm going to go with one of the best short game players and pick Jordan Spieth. Currently at 12 to 1, it's short. I wouldn't recommend playing it now, but that's my pick currently at the moment. You can get him yeah, at 17 and a half on WinBet right now. Yeah, yeah I mean... No. I- I mean, I mean, I understand this, the speed take just because, I mean, if you got the colonial angle with it, I mean, he's won yep. colonial once and he finished second to Kokrak last year. So, no, I, I get it. Um, so one of the things in the video uh, that Friday did was, um, you know, I, I forgot to mention in my preview is, I mean, there's a lot of Augusta National type comps in this place. You know, the rolling undulations of the fairways, the tight greenside surrounds, like the slick, fast bent grass greens, like a lot of the greens at Augusta National are very similar to this place. And a guy who comes to mind who's very good at Augusta National, and a guy I did a very deep data dive earlier this month on is Xander Shoffley, 23 to 1. And I mean, what are the things I talk about with Xander Shoffley when to bet him? Bank grass greens are in northern strains of grass, long golf courses. I know he's been very good at Augusta National. It's going to be a golf course where I think you got to drive the ball really well. Length and, you know, hitting it long and straight is pretty good for Xander. He's got a well rounded game. I know he can putt. You know, and the PJ Championship tends to be a major where some of these younger guys get their breakthrough major. So I like Xander for 23 to 1 to win this thing. So, all right, while we move on long shot picks, 51 or greater, Kirshner, why don't you hop it off? Who's like a long shot that you think you want to bet right now for the PGA? Um, Steve, I just want to say I love the Xander. I love if you like Xander here, like I think that's really a great take, and I think it's a good number. So I would hope that Andy would think the PGA suits him best. So I like Xander. You got me there. Um, I'd say the long shot. This is another kind of easy take, but I think that when you get above fifty to one, you have to think about who can actually win and like actually has win equity and can do it. So I'm gonna go Matthew Wolf at a hundred to one. Again, these are short. These are such long odds that they not a big investment. This is one I would recommend playing now um, at 100 to one on win bet. He went to college in Oklahoma. He's played this course a lot. I think Wolf is due for an amazing year. I think that since it's a little bit longer, um, I mean, not, but I just think he can club down and hit the fairways and be in the right spots off the tee that will set him up for good approach shots. And I just think at the number, it makes a lot of sense. Also, given the hometown ties, I think that's harder to do for a young guy. But he showed his contend at majors. So I like Matthew Wolf at 100 to 1 as a long shot to win PGA. I, I love that action. I, I agree with you. I think the 100 to 1 right now is something you want to get on because if he wins, like, let's say he goes out and wins Amex. Like he's going down to 50, 40, yeah. 50 or 40, because yeah. it's Matthew Wolf. All the degenerates are going to love to bet his ceiling. I I, I love that bet. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I talk about a lot of things that you can make comparisons to this place, you know, Colonial, Augusta National, um, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, you got Jason Kokrak 100 to one, and there's yep. a lot of cross comp things I can do with it. So winner of Colonial Country Club, that's a Perry Maxwell. Uh, he won at Shadow Creek, which is a Tom Fazio, who is the chief architectural consultant of Augusta National now. So, like, you know, there's a little bit of a tie there, you know, and even I can make a, co- a comparison to Memorial Park because really fast undulated greens with tight greenside surrounds, a lot of collection areas, very similar to this place, you know, 100 to one for a guy who's won three times in the last 14 months. 
I don't mind it. And like, I, again, like the PGA can kind of be, I've seen, you know, my fair share of kind of random long shot all out of nowhere winners yep. here. So yeah, I mean, 101 for this guy at a place where I think he can drive it long and straight, you know, play very well. If he, you know, hits his irons pretty well that, that week, I think he's got a good shot. So, all right, yep. Capper, what about you? Um, a long fuck it, with Brian again, fucking Wolf, man. Uh, it's everything that he said, and especially we talked about clubbing down. I think I texted Steve when he was making that run, when he was crushing that driver iron, putting it wherever he wanted to do, and he wasn't playing with his iron and shooting it off the fucking moon, off to the left mm-hmm. and right. And he was just putting it wherever he wanted. I was like, I was like, are we ever going to see Matthew Wolf hit his driver again? I would never take it out again if I was him. So I love him at this. So like you said, long, straight. He's good, like young, huge ceiling, and he can club down when he needs to. Um, yeah, hundred to one is is a stupid number. Um, yeah, from this far out for a guy with a ceiling like that who's shown he can contend, contend in majors and he's got the stones to do it. Um, yeah, fucking wolf. Yep. Yeah, Love no, I, I really think Kokrak. I literally have um, on my local. I bet both of them. I bet Kokrak at PGA after he won um, in the swing season before. Like, I think Kokrak and Wolf are easily hands down the best two bets you can make right now for the PGA. Yep. Not even a question. And I really agree with Kokrak because. Again, he plays well on harder courses. That yep. hasn't fully shown in majors in the past season, but he's a guy that can not be a bitch on Sunday and Correct. actually win. And he's playing in the Correct. South, bent grass, greens, long and straight. I think easily yeah. two best bets you can make right now, Kokrak and Wolf. I love those two plays. The only thing that makes me a little worried about Kokrak is that's why I asked about the bunkers, right, even prior, because yep. I, I have I have Kokrak written down um, as my secondary lo- long shot, and I just wanted to see how many bunkers were in play because that man is not not good out of the sand. No, he is a hundred for one. Hundred one. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, know, maybe the 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 bunker godmother can like waver magic yeah. line. And suddenly, you know, I don't know, like Brad Faxon or something in the bunkers. I don't know who's a good bunker player. <laughs> All right, why don't we take another break and then we'll talk about the U.S. Open. All right, Prop Swap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The NFL playoffs are around the corner, not for your giant Steve. And Prop Swap has the best odds on Super Bowl futures. If you see a ticket you like, but you think the price is too high, submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself. So use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and Prop Swap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit prop swap every day to find the best odds on futures props and parlays last week scott from virginia purchased the green bay packers super bowl ticket with odds of six to one when most sports books are only offering four and a half to one if you're not using prop swap then you are missing out so go get started today by downloading the prop swap app or going to PropSwap.com. prop swap is where america buys and sells sports bets all right u.s open time so we're going to another golf course we haven't seen in a little bit so forever yeah. So before I get into it, uh, Boston Capper, do you have any takes about Brookline, Massachusetts you want to share with the audience? Yeah, Brookline's the fucking worst place. There's a, there's literally uh, there's a skit on the sports uh, radio station in Boston. Um, everybody's angry in Brookline. It, like the they have a whole skit of these people. Just Google it, YouTube it. Uh, it it's the Toucher and Rich Show, ninety eight point five, the Sports Hub. Um, it, they they do a skit that they play the nine one one calls these people fucking call about. I mean, it's it's absolutely absurd. It's just a high affluent, like hoity-toity Boston, like the worst stereotypes you could possibly think of. They they it's the worst. Brookline's the fucking worst. Like, and and Mush wants me to go up there uh, for the round uh, to try to get it get it on a round. So I, I might make the trip in June because uh, it is Father's Day weekend. So I might take the whole family up to Boston and try to get it on a round. Would you say there's a bunch of Karens that live in Brookline then? Oh yes, yeah. Like that's where Karen started. 
All right. Excellent. It's the worst. All right. Cambridge Cambridge and Brookline. Gross. (laughs) All right. Why don't we talk about the country club? Apparently, it's the only country club. I mean, listen, you got to be pretentious douchebags if you call yourself the country club. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so the, so this was built in 1895 by Willie Campbell. Uh, it was, again, renovated by his brother, Alex Campbell, uh, in 1902. Both these guys won a lot of U.S. Opens. Um, uh, it's a very old golf course. Uh, it last opened the U.S. Open in 1988. That was won by Curtis Strange. Uh, this golf course has also been uh, restored and renovated over the years by Gil Hans and uh, Jim Wagner. So it's kind of cool. We're getting two guys, you know, it's but. You know, Southern Hills and the Country Club, you know, both their renovations, both their styles of golf is definitely a lot different from each other. So I put a couple of videos again in my article. Uh, The first one was a five minute uh, uh, video from the USGA, just outlined a couple holes, you know, gives you a nice little flavor of the golf course. Uh, The second one, though, if you got some time, is the 2013 semifinals and finals of the U.S. Amateur uh, between I think it was uh, Oliver Goss and somebody else in the semis, but it was Matthew Fitzpatrick versus Corey Connors in the other one. So you can see a young Corey Connors. You see Matthew Fitzpatrick. He was the number two amateur in the world there. If you got an hour and 45 to kill, then you can see the whole back nine. It's actually pretty good to watch. Does, does young, does young Matthew Fitzpatrick look exactly like today? Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He looks like exactly (laughs) today. Matthew Fitzpatrick less like 50 pounds. Like he was even even possible. I know he was even skinnier back then. So, so, I mean, the biggest takeaways I have from this golf course is let's get into the nuts and bolts of this first. So it's going to play at a maximum of 7,263 yards. 15 holes are comprised in the main course. It's the Clyde and the Squirrel. The other three holes are going to be the Primrose. Uh, there's going to be two par fives in the golf course, six, uh, 12 par four, or I'm sorry, two par fives, six par, 12 par fours, eight par threes. Uh, I did the math wrong. That's Corona math right there. Just scratch what I said. But I think what I want to talk about most is there has been this trend the last couple of U.S. Opens that power just wins, bomb and gow, just like, you know, all these U.S. Open setups are the same. It doesn't matter how classical a golf course it is. The guys who hit it the farthest, the guys who are the strongest out of the rough, you can grow it up as much as you want. You can narrow the fairway as much as you want. At the end of the day, the biggest, baddest guy out there is just going to win. And is this going to be the case again at uh, Brookline? And I don't think so based on how the layout is. So it's a, it's on the shorter side of U.S. Open standards. Like a lot of those other golf courses where that was, you know, like a wing foot, like Torrey Pines. Those were all over 7,400 yards. They were big boy golf courses. This one also has really small greens. Um, so that's going to be a challenge for anybody who's in the rough. You know, it's, it's going to be harder as in like, you know, one of the things that Bryson said about wing foot was, yeah, I was in the rough, but you had these huge greens with big openings to the greens. I can just kind of bounce the ball out of the rough and pop it on the green. Can't really do that here. You know, the mouths of the, you know, to the openings of the greens are very narrow. Uh, there's also very well-defined layup areas on the golf course that is going to be advantageous to maybe pull an iron or a hybrid or, you know, and, and, you know, just going for it with a driver, there's not really a whole lot of benefit to doing it. There's also a lot of quirk to this golf course. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Marion, reminds me a little bit of Olympic club. So, and those were two golf courses that did not have a powerful leaderboard as far as guys who like, it wasn't dominated by bombers. They had a good mix of solid ball strikers, consistency, a lot of that stuff. And then, um, you know, a lot of these greens, too, they're also, you know, while I said they're small, some of them you have to actually fly to the green. You can't just bound it up. So if you're hitting from out of the rough, 
it's not going to be you're not going to hit the green. You're going to be chipping off of it. And one of the things I noticed too from uh, the U the 2013 U.S. Amateur that re- that that rough is gnarly around that green. Like everything was basically went to the bottom. It's going to be a luck box on if you you know can get a you know club on the ball and or pop it up into the green. So what do I think is going to work well here? I think it's going to kind of a little be like Marion Olympic Club. It's going to be those type of leaderboards. I think it's going to be actually finally put a premium on putting the ball in the fairway and hitting into the greens from the fairway. I think iron play is going to be really important here. Um, like that's really just what I'm going for. Just like consistent, you know, ball striking T to green. I don't think the winning score is going to be better than like minus eight. So it's not really going to be a birdie fest. And that kind of dictated the types of golfers I had in mind of who I want to target this week. So Boston Capper, why don't you go first? Gun to your head. Who's going to win the U.S. Open? So like everything you basically said, like really makes me feel better about my pick. Berger at 30 to one. This is a guy who constantly lurks in bigger tournaments. He's not exceptionally long, but he's good with his irons. He's clean off the box. Um, he can get up and down, and if he gets hot with his butter, he can win. Um, yeah, give me Berger. 30 to 1. It's a good number for him. Okay. All right, Brian Kirshner, what about you? I like Berger. I want to say I think that he's just, over the last year, just unbelievable with his irons, and I think it's going to be really important that week. So I will take legitimately the best iron player in the world, bar none, Colin Morikawa, at 15-1. to 1. I mean, this is kind of a cheap answer, but I just, if he goes on a trend where he wins a major every year because he's just actually that talented and just so good with his ball striking and ends the year at world number one, which I think he will he's gonna have to win a major and i think that at a major on very small greens on a heavy premium on iron play that's going to be actually really difficult like which i'm really excited about that i'm glad steve could point out that i think this course is extremely hard and it's not just gonna be like i don't know like the open last year where the winning score was above 15 to 1 so i really like colin 15 i mean again you're paying a premium but i think that's actually a decent number and you really can't go wrong backing the best ball striker in the world in colin morikawa and again it's not super long so yeah i I like colin at 15 to 1 um for the u.s open so you think Maury is going to overtake Rom on the world number one this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I sure. I, I don't know. Again, these are hard to. I'm not like cemented in that, but okay. yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm down. It's gross. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's going to start losing some points from some of his wins. Uh, Morikawa has won more recently. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not necessarily like Morikawa is going to be that much better than Rom. It's just it's kind of just math at this point, as far as like how the world rankings are calculated. So, but yeah, I mean, I think Morikawa is going to win a lot this year, as we'll yeah, dude, he's get a to later stud. on. Yeah, he's awesome, and I'm also <laughs> going to say I think the pick to win this U.S. Open is Kyle Morikawa. And, and Kirshner, you said at the PGA Championship, like you know, when you picked Jordan Spieth, like there's not many PGA Championships that might set up for Jordan Spieth. But this might be the one, you know, based on just like some of how these U.S. Opens have been, there's, you know, like I think of a guy like Morikawa and just, you know, his lack of power just sometimes just it's not as good as like, you know, like a Tory Pines or like, yep. you know, like a Wingfoot. But, yeah. you know, here where it's going to be, all right, more positional golf, hitting a lot of balls from the fairways, you know, testing your iron play into really small greens. You know, that's going to be a huge edge if he's peppering these greens at a much higher rate than other guys. Um 
Yeah, and I, I think the fact that, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter setup, if it's going to be a little bit more like Marion or like, you know, Olympic Club, you know, a guy like Morikawa is the template of a golfer I want to gravitate towards. So, yeah, I don't care if it's 15 to 1. He's an awesome player, and I think he's going to fit very well for Brookline. So, yeah. all right. Long shot winner, 51 or more. Kirshner, why don't you kick it off? Who's uh, who's your man? Uh, I just want to say that I cheated on the assignment. I took someone 40 to 1, but it's 10 <laughs> points. What? I took him 40 to 1, but I genuinely really like him here, and I really like him for a major in the next three years. I'm betting Scotty Scheffler at 40 to 1. Um, he came in the quarterfinals in um, in the U.S. Amateur here, so he's played well. And the thing about Scotty that I love about him is that he always plays well in majors. He legitimately had one of the best major records of anyone on tour this past season dating back to the PGA. So I like Scotty on more difficult tracks where you have to be long and straight off the tee and just hit a lot of greens and you don't have to win at 23 under. It's more of a premium on making par, which is why he's so good at majors because he does that really well. He's long and straight off the tee. He can, you know, just hit a lot of greens, be in the right position off a fairway. And I just, this upcoming season, I'm going to be playing Scotty Scheffler in difficult conditions. That's just where I like best. And it's going to be one of the most difficult U.S. Opens, I believe, coming up. So, yeah, I like Scotty Scheffler. He's not a long shot, but 40 to 1, it's right there. I'm going there. Like it. All right. So my long shot pick is a guy who we've already talked about. And I mean, you may mention to him in the masters of, yeah, he's kind of like a, you know, poor man's Hideki. Well, I mean, I think, you know, Corey Connors kind of a poor man's Kyle Morikawa, like fantastic yep. ball striker, T green. He's sure. not a good of a scrambler as Morikawa, but they're both equally dodgy on the greens. But yeah, I mean, listen, like, you know, you can obviously draw the comparison of, well, he, fin- you know, had the semifinal appearance at, you know, Brookline in 2013. But even without that, I was still with like a golfer like Corey Connors. And, you know, if this isn't going to be a contest of, you know, who can put, you know, nail the most putts. It's going to be more about who nails the most greens and can, you know, two putt to get par and get out of there. I like a guy like Corey Connors. I think he can stay very relevant on this leaderboard. He has shown that he can hang in um, major championships, even though he only has one win on the PJ tour. I like him a lot at 75 one. That's definitely someone I can see like coming through for like a surprise us open victory. And we're due for like a big surprise, like, like non Phil Mickelson, like major winner, like someone kind of like just out of nowhere. So, you know, maybe he's that guy. All right, Capper, who's your long shot pick to win the us open. I'm going to take an old guy, man. I'm going to take Adam Scott. I'm going to take somebody who is same thing. Clean off the box. Great iron player. I've said it here a thousand fucking times. I hate watching fucking Adam Scott putt when I have money on him. It's the most nervous. It could be three feet. <laughs> I have no fucking faith that he's going to make it. But because there's smaller greens, and as long as you can get there, two putt and get it out. Um, I like Scott. I like I like some of these sneaky old guys to come through in majors. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it's 75 to one. You can get him at. That's fine. I was going back and forth between him and Sanjay. I don't know. So I went. I went with Scott. I'm going with Scott. I'm going the old grizzled guy who who's due for a win, and he was showing a couple flashes last year. I think at the Wyndham he was really good, um, and even I think at the BMW he played all right, right? I can't remember, but the um, yeah, like yeah. Give me Adam Scott, man. I don't mind that. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people are looking at Adam Scott for Masters, but I like you're kind of pivoting to the U.S. Open. I like that. Yeah. That's a good take. 
Nice saying, sir. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Open Championship. Let's uh, you know, put a little bow on the the 2022 major season. So, I mean, listen, we've seen St. Andrews a whole bunch of times. This is gonna be the 30th time they've had the Open at St. Andrews. It's gonna be the 150th Open Championship. So, this is a big deal. It's the home of golf. 150th anniversary, 30th at St. Andrews. This is gonna be a very special Open Championship. So, the last time we saw the 20, uh, the St. Andrews when um. Well, if you don't watch the European tour, was the 2015 Open Championship. That was actually a very thrilling leaderboard. You had all those crazy weather delays that basically punted the third round of Sunday. It was a Monday finish, which is actually kind of cool. You had a very jam-packed, diverse leaderboard. You had a couple amateurs up there. You had Spieth. You had Day. You know, you had a whole mix of, like, between power players, you know, short hitters, good scramblers, good putters. Like, I mean, that's the thing about St. Andrews. It promotes a lot of parity as far as, like, you know, anybody can basically go to that golf course and do well. And that's kind of what we saw in 2015. And, you know, we ended up having a three-way playoff. Uh, That was probably the one that Leishman should have won. He had a one-shot lead going into 16, made a really bad bogey, ended up uh, parring out, though. Uh, to close at minus 15. Both Zach Johnson and Louis Uswiz, and they both bury the 18th in order to get into the playoff. Uh, Leishman ejected him. Yeah. <laughs> Leishman ejected immediately. ZJ ended up birdie in the second. And then uh, I think they all or they all bogey the road hole, which everybody does, and they all par the 18th. You have Zach Johnson, 80 Zach fucking Johnson. Maybe the grossest major champion we've had the last 10 years. Uh, right. Listen, man, I give him a pass. It's, 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 those, it's, it. it's him and Jimmy those, Walker. Yeah, oh, definitely Jimmy Walker. It's way worse. What about Jay Duff? What about Jay Duff? Oh, don't you disrespect oh. Oak Hill like that. That's my. Yeah. That's in my backyard, buddy. Yeah, yeah. We we, we like him here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, Walker's definitely the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Listen, fuck it, Zach Johnson's somebody who... You can cash a first round leader and then he's cut on a Friday. Uh, and he's, you know what I mean? Dude, listen, he did this nice assistant captain duties this year for a big Team USA win on Ryder Cup. Zach Johnson's just no, fine. fine. No, it can't be ZJ because he won the Masters. Oh, yeah. It, so ZJ is not, it has it's, to be Keegan or. Oh, anyone. fuck you. I'm hanging up. Goodbye. You're done. You're done. You're gone. You're, you're fired. You're fired. fired. That, that, yeah. Thank you for Thank you for So your, who uh, is the most. You know, okay. Uh, Jimmy Walker. Okay. I don't like He's fucking Jimmy Walker. It's definitely Jimmy Walker. All right. I mean, I, I say Zach Johnson's gross because he, uh, he put a your Sopranos take. He put a corn cob into the Clara jug and ate it from it. That's pretty that's pretty disgusting. So <laughs> all right. So about St. Andrews though. So they basically have maxed out as much as they can do to this golf course to try to modernize it for the game. Like they're they're putting tee boxes on other golf courses, like I think there's a couple of uh, tee boxes on the new course. There's a couple of tee boxes on Jubilee. Like they have stretched out as much as they can to this golf course. But the problem is they can't do a major renovation in this place because it's the most popular destination tourist golf course in the world. They can't just shut down for a year because they lose so much money in order to basically modernize it, maybe restore it. So, I mean, I'm worried this place is going to get overrun. It's very wide open. You get a lot of driver there. The greens are huge. Like everything is a double green. And as long as you're not in a pop bunker, you know, you can get the ball to the green. You're going to have a lot of birdie putts. And really, this is going to come down to how the weather is. And that's why trying to handicap this thing seven months in advance, not knowing what the weather is. As long as it's better than this year's fucking British Open. Good God. What a shit. Like the fucking worst major of the year. It wasn't even close. Well, I mean, uh, that's something I forgot to mention earlier. Like, like all four major venues this year are really solid. And last year, I mean, Kilo was really good. 
just because of the weather, though. If the weather didn't show up, it wouldn't have been that good. He had Augusta, but like Torrey Pine stinks. Royal St. George's is the weakest of the Rota. But now we got St. Andrews, Southern Southern Hills, Brookline, Augusta. That's a very strong offering. Steve, Steve is very, very excited. Oh, yeah. This it's going to be it's going to be way more fun talking about these major golf courses instead of fucking Torrey Pines. I'm going to be I'm going to be able to just kick back. Get a couple gin and tonics, let them ramble for an hour and a half about the course, and then we can get to the picks. Come in. Yeah, I'm just going to pre record your <laughs> ad drops and just do that. So, <laughs> so I, I guess the moral of the story of this place is it's just going to come down to how the weather is. Like, if it's traditional Scottish weather, it's going to play tough. It's going to be hard on these guys. I mean, the, but the problem, though, is if you get too much wind, they stop play. So, it's, there's only so much like weather can really do. And if it's benign conditions, this thing's going to be like 22 under winning score. These guys are going to light this place up. So, and like I mentioned earlier, just like hit driver a whole lot of places, not a whole lot of places you can find yourself in trouble. Big greens, a lot of birdies to be had. It's this one might come down to a putting contest. Um, it also doesn't promote one style of play. It's a very, it's going to be a very diverse leaderboard and it's going to be very wide open. So, you know, hopefully that produces a tight leaderboard, kind of like we saw in 2015, instead of 2010, where Louis just ended the thing after Friday. So, <laughs> all right. Why don't we go to gun to your head, pick to win Brian Kirshner. Who's your pick to win the open championship, the 150th open at St. So Andrews. like you like alluded to, you know, this is probably going to be the most different major we see. Um, it's not going to be super difficult. And these guys, I mean, the past four years, DJ won at 15 under, Louis won at 16 under, um, Tiger won at 14, then um, Tiger won again at 19. This was, you know, Tiger won at 19 almost 10 or 20, a while ago, 20 years mm. ago. The, it's going to go lower than that because these guys are just so good and there's less defense of the course. So I think this is not a normal major to handicap, but I like him to win a major in um, 2022. I know it will piss off Capper, but I'm going to say Cantley is going to win the um, Open this year. I think uh, 25 to 1 you can get on him right now, which I think is a good number. I just I, I think that he's proven that he's so elite off the tee and that he could just get so scorching hot with the putter. He did it at Caves Valley. I think he could do it at St. Andrews. Again, this is a different type of major. This is not normal. So I think that that suits him well. And I think some people might think that the season how we ended was an anomaly, but I don't think it is. I think he's really that talented, but he's really a complete game gamer, excellent off the tee, and could just get scorching hot with the putter. So I like Cantley to win uh, the why do you, championship. Why do you think I would hate that? Why do you think I would I thought you don't, you don't like Cantley. Oh, I hated Cantley prior to the Ryder Cup. Yeah, he's turned a corner. Yeah. As soon as you do yeah, something. Yeah, he's awesome. As soon as he's you do so good. Like, that's fine. He's still miserable to fucking watch with his stupid happy feet and his dumb fucking tongue. But whatever. He did really well for us with the Ryder Cup. He completely flipped me. I'm uh, I'm perfectly fine with fucking Cantlay. Sick. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Go. Let's go, pick. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to expand on your take because I also picked Cantlay because oh, I mean... No way! Get out! <laughs> so, I could have picked 
like legitimately, I was between yeah. so many different people. I mean, Steve, we're really on the same wavelength. So there, there's a lot of reasons. First of all, from an odd standpoint, at Wimbledon, you can get him at 30 to 1. I think that's mispriced based on just the talent he is, like the year he had last year. Like Hatton's 25 to 1. Like I, he, That's ridiculous. That's that is ridiculous. That is erroneous yeah. and egregious. Yeah, it's garbage. Like, if you want to knock Cantley's, like, if you want to knock Cantley's major record, like, look at Hands. Okay, so that's ridiculous. That's number one. Number two, like, if I'm trying to think of like a guy who can win in different types of tournaments and styles and weather conditions, I mean, the one thing that kind of bothers me with him is his back, which is not great. But I mean, if he's healthy then I think he win kind of a grinding, you know, you got to be a little more consistent, windy open championship. I think he win a birdie fest because, like you said, he, he runs high with a putter. And if you want to play narrative street, well, you know, a couple months ago, he listed just on like a cocktail napkin his top 10 golf courses in the world. St. Andrews was on the list. He loves the place. And just in my mind, too, he wears these really ugly, terrible sweaters. And he has like that stupid Goldman Sachs hat. I can see him wearing like this ugly brown plain sweatshirt with the Goldman Sachs hat, holding the Claire jug. And then Boston Capper just immediately turns on him again. says, how disgusting <laughs> that is that he's holding the Claire jug. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I can't lay. I know his major record sucks, but I think he's a really talented player. I think he will eventually win a major. The open is one I can see him winning. So, all right, Capper, who's your pick? Guys, I have terrible news for you boys. Uh oh. <laughs> I wrote down two names. I wrote down two names because I thought Brian was gonna pick Louie. My other write down name was Cantley. Fade. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have fade. to fade this one. We're gonna have to fade yeah. this one. All right, let's bookmark this for uh for July, okay? Yeah. Someone, 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 please remind us in Slack to listen to our major preview yeah. and remind us before we drop like ten <laughs> units on Cantley yeah. that we all picked them. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, all right, I like Louis, but there's no way Brian's not gonna pick Louis. So let me, <laughs> let me. Let no, Louis. No, honestly, like my, like obviously, I want Louis to win, but yeah. I think that Louis's better at more difficult conditions. Like he's, I don't see Louis he's won winning. Here. At, <laughs> it, no, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter. He's won. He's won opinion. here and came in second. It doesn't matter because I mean I'm literally going to deploy units. Like obviously I'm betting him, but I'm just saying like I like Louis more difficult. He doesn't play well in birdie fest. Like we don't know he if can't it's get be to a fucking birdie fest. Who the fuck knows? I think it is. It's not hard. <laughs> Who knows what the weather's gonna be like? Yeah, yeah it, no, it's but also his odds are odds are worse here. Yeah. For me. But yeah, I, obviously I'm betting it. Like right. okay, well, there we go. Well, so fucking whatever. I, like, I, like, whatever. I like Louis because of his history here, and I really like the way Louis was always Mister Happy and like, you know, but nothing could piss him off. And when he kept getting those questions at the end of last year, like, hey, you know, how's it keep feeling to come in second? You could tell it was no longer happy go lucky. It was like gritting his teeth, like, all right, this is, I, I need to fucking win. Like, I want to win. So I feel like one's coming this year for him. Uh, it would be hilarious if it's still not on U.S. soil. So that's kind of why uh, I did that. Uh, but I, you guys hit all the can't play points. So there we go. Cantley is dead in the water, though. That should have been a wrap. All right. Long shot picks. Why don't I go first? So, I mean, like I said, I think this thing's going to be wide open. It depends on the weather. I think there's a wide variety of golfers who win this thing. So I was looking down the odds board. I wanted to go somebody like over 100 to 1. You know, just let's go really deep. And one guy caught my eye was Billy Horschel. And he's 150 to 1. I know he has an affinity for European golf. He said very glowing comments about the European tour and European golf after he won the BMW European PGA Championship last September. Uh, he was one of the few Americans who went over to play the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. 
Um, you know, his major record also sucks, just like Cantlay's. But for what it's worth, he finished T30 at St. Andrews in 2015. That was his best open championship finish because he missed the cut in all the other ones. So maybe he likes the place. I also know he can rack up a ton of birdies. There's a lot of room off the tee. You know, big greens. If he just gets scorching hot with a putter, I could see him do what CJ did back in 2015. There's no reason he can't. And he's won twice this year. You know, he's shown a high ceiling. He's been playing better, you know, the last 12 months. He also, like, we talk about, like, age and experience. So he's going to be 35 years old. He's got a lot of, you know, you know, grit, you know, and a lot of, like, uh, tournaments under his belt. So, yeah, I, give me Horschel at 150 to 1. I just want to say, like, even as I talk about this and we talk about older guys, a lot of grit for 35. As a 38-year-old, I constantly feel attacked. <laughs> well, I'm 35 and suffer from gout. So, yeah, you know, you got that going for you. Listen, you can't say you suffer from gout. That is the rich man's disease. That means you eat too much red meat and too much good wine and whiskey, sir. Too much that, sir. <laughs> Kirsten, what uh, you got? What do you got on your long shot, kid? All right, I'm going guy who finished in a playoff uh, in 2015, and I think that we're all very high on him for the upcoming season. I'm going to go leash at yeah. 50 to 1. Cool. You could currently get him. Um, at WinBet. I really like that. I just think that he's due for a really good year. And again, maybe he can suit better at a major where it's lower scoring. And he's obviously played well here before. And I mean, of those three guys that were in that playoff, ZJ and Louis, I think he has the best number. ZJ has absolutely no shot, obviously. So, and I think this could be a number that goes down. I think, again, like we agreed, I think he has a good Masters. So I just think that Leash, he's a known winner. You know, he's Aussie, plays well in wind if it's windy, you know, re- bombs it off the tee, good with wedges, can win a putting contest. So I'm going to go Leash here. I like it. I like it. My long shot. Is the ear, baby. Bring me Lucas Herbert, baby. Bring me the ear. I don't care. I think he's a fucking good golfer. Steve, you can shake, shake your head all you want. Like, I thought, I think he's a good golfer. I think he is good. And so, like, I, I, I think. I think if Cantley doesn't win it, I think this is a very European type player, of course, who's going to win, right? Like, he's good with his irons. Okay. He's fine around the greens. And fuck it. I like him. And he's 75 to 1. I mean, we're talking about betting the British Open. How many months away is that shit? It's seven months. Seven months away. Who knows what's going to happen between now and then? Like, mm-hmm. give me guys I like and I like to bet on and I believe in their actual talent. You think he's a good golfer, right? No, I, I do. I just laugh that that's like your binky of just gut yeah. play, go to. Yeah, why not? I, lo- I love his ear. Listen, if it's windy, though, he's going to blow right into the sea, all right? I mean, <laughs> I that's not. That. But he won. Did, did, wait, oh, no. Didn't he came in, did he win? No, he, he, he won Bermuda. He, no, no, listen. he won Bermuda, but what was it? Was it Ireland that uh, it was wicked windy and he came in second? No, no, no that was Dietrich. Yeah. No, no, the Irish Open was actually pretty uh, benign when he yeah. won it. But no, in Bermuda, he was able to, uh, you know, yeah. Align his sails and uh, you know right the ship. So absolutely, it was like old old school pirates. <laughs> exactly. There you go. All right. Why don't we take another break and then let's start getting to some uh, some hot takes. All right. Sounds good. All right. Listen, guys. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync up your fantasy football league and bet on matchups. You can cash out your gift cards when your bets hit, and you even help raise money for charity along the way. We love our charity bets here on the Golf Gambling Podcast. Uh, Nagels is uh, is almost uh, donated a wing. 
uh, to the local Children's Hospital down here uh, for as many head-to-head bets as he's lost against me. Um, and listen, it's a slick app, and it's fun to use. One of the reasons we love it is they offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, like Florida, get, get your stuff together, Florida, you can get in some prop bets for Better Fantasy. Plus, they just added a cool bonus. If you can get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card for a sick-ass trophy from trophysmack.com. Totally free to play. Download today on the iPhone or Android. Go check them out today at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. All right. Hot take. I, I stopped myself from cussing, and they have a cuss in their ad read. Yeah, there you go. They might be my new favorite sponsor. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Let's. So we were going to wrap the show after all the majors. We are just going to focus on that, but – we got a request that uh, apparently covering majors in December is irrelevant. Tommy, and we need to actually talk about the PGA Tour. You, you say his name. It's Tommy. It's, it's your good buddy Tommy, who <laughs> nobody else knows but you. Um, so we're gonna talk about the PGA Tour. We got, we got a couple hot. So we got a couple of topics we're gonna talk about. So why don't we start with the first thing? So which PGA Tour rookie gets their first <laughs> win? And I say this by the way, forgetting that your boy the ear is technically a PGA Tour rookie. Oh, is but he? I, but that yeah, but that doesn't count because he won because he won last twice year. So, the, so well, he won the European get, tour. That like yeah, that guy who like like fresh from the corn ferry tour on I'm gonna page. I'm gonna go first. Okay. Because I want to. None of them. None of them are going to win. Really? Yeah, not a single one. Okay. If I could make a bet on that, like if some if some book would give me the not a single one would win, I would take that bet. Not I bet you'd one. get like minus one forty. Yeah, I think you would. I don't Thanks. think it would be plus odds. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with uh, with Chris here. Honestly, I, I was kind of looking through. I mean, I feel like the only person you could really say is Mito. I think it's so effing hard to win on tour. Um, Zalatoris didn't even win last year, or like really come close, and he was by far the best rookie. So I picked Mito, but I agree that but, I don't really but, know if any. But of them Mito, are. what he backdoored into one top ten when everybody shat all over themselves. No. Like, yes. No. You're mistaken, Mito at um, the first tournament of the year. Or no, Fort, Fortnite. No, the Fortnite. The Fortnite he, championship. Yeah, he had like he was he was in it on uh, on Saturday. He was tied for the lead. So, um, I just think he's the most talented out of the crew. Maybe like Chad Ramey, but yeah, I think it's it's tough to say. Listen, this is, I maybe we forget that because we didn't have. Corn Ferry graduates coming in last year because everybody got two year exemption. This is a loaded class. Oh, it definitely is. I, I'm not yeah. saying that. I just don't think any of them are going to win. I think someone's going to win. Do you know how many garbage events there are? There are 43 events between now and the Tour Championship. I'm like, and someone's going to win. So I, I think tell so, who's so, going to win, Steve. So I think it's going to be Hayden Buckley. It's yeah. he struck the ball really well during the fall. He had a couple top tens. I think he's going to win the Amex. I think uh, his style oh, shit. Play fits you're calling, you're calling a shot for the Listen, tournament, no, too. That, dude, like, I saw a clipping of guys who committed to play the Amex, like, headline. It was Ricky and Francesco Molinari. Those are the two that made the headlines. No one's playing the Amex. So when Molinari has his mustache, he looks like the Pink Panther to me. You know what I'm talking about? Are you? I don't think Curse is old enough to remember the cartoon. Do you remember, I remember the cartoon? The, I know the Pink Panther. Google the Pink Panther. Like the Pink Panther, cart- the cartoon, and tell me the detective is not Francisco Molinari. I think he would have been better pulling the bad guy, uh, Boris, from uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. I oh, absolutely that's, not. That's, no, he's Russian. It's like. a different mustache. I'm telling you right now. Fucking Google it. 
No, that's okay. Let's go get out the show. All right. Get through right now. Let's go on to this. So what guy currently outside the top 75 in the world rankings is going to make the Tour Championship this year? Boz and Capper. Who's going to go first? Who's your big comeback story of the year? He's outside of the? Outside the top 75. He's going to make the Tour Championship. That was the yes. question, correct? Yes. Johnny Vegas. Okay. He's 82nd. He's already he, he he's already proven himself that he can contend with these things. Like, give me Johnny Vegas. And my other one was going to be Scam Champ. Like, I feel like he got his head right, got that tournament. I feel like he probably got a little lag from that. So I think Cam Champion too, too. But yeah, give me Johnny Vegas, man. The guy proves he can play all the time. He plays a lot of tournaments, right? So he's going to get those FedEx Cup points. And uh, all, all he needs to is perform a little bit in the playoffs. I like it. I think Johnny Vegas had a 16% ROI if you just blindly bet him in every matchup last year, too. So I love me some there Johnny you, Vegas. There you go. I think you won a lot of matchups on him, too. All right, Kirshner, who's... Who's your sleeper who's going to rise up the world rankings and then making the tour championship in the fall in uh, August? This was like maybe one of the easiest decisions, and I'm glad my good friend Boston Capper had the same exact thought. Yeah, I wrote down Johnny Vegas. Yes, I mean, let's go. Not even really a question no. here. He easily has the most talent of the guys he's around. He plays well in Birdie Fest. He's amazing off the tee. I just think he's really talented, and I think that how he performed in as many top tens as he had. Like, I just think a win would be due. And I think with a win, I think that he has the highest percent chance to win in that group and just be good at a lot of events. I like Johnny Vegas. And again, this is like, it kind of comes down. Like I bet Johnny Vegas a lot because he plays well because he finishes top 20. And I just look at the town around him. I think it's no brand of Johnny Vegas here. I hope you didn't pick him, Steve. What, no, what, I did. What tournament I did. did he? What tournament did he? Uh, Temple to do my heart out at? 3M. Uh, 3M. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was yes, awesome. He did. Oh, All God. right. No, you guys are gonna hate who I'm picking here. But I don't give a shit. <laughs> Is so, it Ricky again, bro? No, it's not Ricky. It's another guy who you're just gonna roll your eyes at. I don't think Jason Day is done. He's 34, and the reason why I say all this is, so I was just on YouTube, and apparently there's like this like MTV crib style video series about like yeah, showing watched, guys. I watched. Yeah. Yeah. And like one of the knocks about Jason day over the years is like a lot of people question his motivation of just, all right, he reached number one, number one. He got a major, like he doesn't give a shit anymore. Well, he recently built this state of the art, like backyard, like par three with different bunkers of like different styles. He's got like stay the art similar. Basically it's like another house. He can just stay at to just practice grind work on his game. Uh, he also hired Chris Como who's Bryson's uh, coach. Uh, you know, that could go a bunch of different ways that could actually be very beneficial to Jason day, or that could be disastrous because another guy with a bad back who employed the services of Chris Como was Tiger Woods. And that screwed up his career for two years. So maybe that's not the best act, act, you know, option for him. But, you know, I, I think about like, you know, a, for a guy who has the, the reputation of just, he doesn't give a shit anymore. Why would you spend all this money on a practice facility at your place? If you're just content with your career, I think, I don't think he's content. I think he thinks he, he's got another run in him. He showed some flashes before he kind of screwed up his back last spring you know, if he's right again, he's still young enough. You know, he's not that far removed from when he won three times in 2018. You know, maybe he make a little run this year. Maybe he's in a little better headspace. Maybe he's more committed to the process again this year. I think Jason Day is going to have a nice little year. He's going to make the Tour Championship. All right. All right. I know you hate it. That's okay. 
No, I, I think people forget that Day legitimately won like thirty percent of his starts in like a three month span. Like he just went on a run where he literally just won everything. I wish I was around and betting for that. But yeah, I think he's the talent and the caliber he can be. I think that that would be a, a good pick, and I think it makes sense in that area. And look, I mean, I was on day towards the end of last year, I think, in some DFS shit. Uh, but you said you questioned his motivation. You're talking about the same guy who literally blew off trying to qualify for the fucking U.S. Open and went to do a NetJets thing versus Ricky, who went out there and fucking tried to do it. So I do question his motivation. That is true. Maybe he just wanted a good practice facility to be on a YouTube video. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe he just All enjoys right. fucking hitting balls and doesn't give a fuck anymore. And he's got more money than God and he doesn't give a shit. That's true. All right, now let's get some spicy takes. Who made the to pick a guy who made the Tour Championship last year? Non-Stewart Sink edition. <laughs> That's going to just crater this year and fall outside the top seventy-five. Kirshner, why don't you go first? I I mean this I I'm being honest with you. I don't love this question because <laughs> these guys are the best players in the world, and there's going to be there's only like two or three guys you could really pick unless you like really hate a guy unless he's and think he's going to like fall off a cliff. Like honestly, Louis is like a, he could be a contender. I think Louis I couldn't do that to him. Obviously, sing. <laughs> I would say I wrote down EVR, but like that's just so easy. It's so easy. That was just like it was so easy to say EVR. But yeah, I mean EVR. He got very hot, and he had like two top tens in uh, the BMW and um, the Northern Trust. Uh, But yeah, I I don't know. I think this pretty much stays the same. Steve, do you know off the top of your head like how much it fluctuates from year to year? Like uh, the course why. I mean, Louis not going to fall out of the 75 because he no. was like second all the majors last year. Yeah. Like that's going to be 100 percent of crew going forward. It's usually like guys who has a lot of stuff like from two years ago that's still bolstering their rankings that, you know, now, you know, they start losing points as the time goes on. So. I love this dude. But I think I I, I think we might have seen his last run at the Ryder Cup, and I think he's going to start. Fading. It's Sergio. No, I think I, I think I think no. Sergio's falling off a cliff. He's forty-one years old. He didn't have a great season last year. He won you know, last lot, year. No, he didn't. All right, no, all right. He won the fall in the fall in hey, the fall of twenty nineteen. That was pre-COVID. He played right, well so. at the players. Fucking played. Wait, it wasn't right. Was that pre-COVID or was that? Oh no, that was during COVID. That was post-COVID. Yeah. All right. Regardless, well, there's no such thing as post-COVID. I guess I don't. Regardless, it's the Sanders. Okay, it's Sanderson. That doesn't impress me that much. So, I mean, uh, let's see. He's he came, 41. What, he came, the he in second at the players? No, he didn't. No, he was first-round leader. I think. He I know, and then he, he was still in contention on Sunday. I was sweating a live bet. Can I make my point, please? Fine, sorry. Thank you. The ball strike is not nearly what it been for him. Like, that putting with your eyes closed thing, that seems to have gone away. He's back to being a disaster on the greens. I just think he's getting older, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of good results from him. He's terrible at all the majors now. So I think there's going to be a limit opportunity for him to actually put up big points this year. And I don't see it. I think he's what, like 45th in the world. I can see him falling out of the top 75. I'd like, I'd like to make Not that far. I'd like to be a charity bet, sir. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. That's fine. Fine. Let's go. All right. All right. So by the tour championship, he's out of the top 75. Okay. Mark it down. All right. Mark me. Fine. Um, I so like I don't understand how the fucking th- that shit works. So I don't even know if this is possible because I had EVR 
as my first thing too, because that was the easiest fucking one. Um, but then I put Harris English. Is it even possible for him to fall out? No. No. Well, it won twice last year. It's not possible. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's my. That's I mean, my unless he misses like every single. I just think, he goes like full Henrik Stenson. I think that. I think that Karen who fucked him up on that goddamn putter like grip has literally ruined him. Ruined him. Yeah, maybe. he's been he's been terrible since that. He has been. He's been, been lost. Real bad. Like Jesus. Like let All the right. man have a bust putter grip. <laughs> All right, let's go to another lost golfer. This is kind of mean though. When do we see Tiger Woods play a full field event next? Who cares. Who cares? Okay. I say twenty I say twenty twenty three. Yeah, I don't I don't, even, I, don't, I don't think we see him at all this year. I what's what's his what's that one tournament that he that he plays every fucking time that he won nine bazillion times? He hosts it now. It's what, his the, hero, the hero? The Genesis. The Genesis. How, no, he's that? never he's never won there. When when is it though? It's like February. He's not playing. Oh, there's no fucking way he's playing that. No. Who cares? No, I, 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 that, that that coverage with the father son thing made me want to just delete myself from the internet. Like like grown men just slobbering over some poor kid. Like ugh, it's, it was the worst. I'm not reading. Why it's why I'm not on Twitter. I mean the fact that PG Tour put a 25 minute video of Charlie Woods on the range. It's like come on. Yeah, man. Let the kid let the kid be a kid, man. I know he's Tiger Woods kid and like whatever he's out there and shit. But come on, man. Like let's go. Like we don't get that type of cover no, so- for a real event. <laughs> No, so this is like really, I think, a really interesting like debate and stuff because I get shit for it because like people call me like a tiger hater. Like, I just literally don't give a shit about tiger as much as everyone else. And I think it has also a lot younger. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Because he's never been a big part of like me, like getting into golf or like whatever. But I think the thing it comes down to for me and like most honest opinion is that we follow the tour every single week, whether it's the fucking Sanderson farms or the Bakuda or the open championship or the masters, we're following it every single week. There's a lot of people that, that, that don't care. And then the second Tiger Woods hits a club, it's like, oh, my God, I love golf. Oh, my God, I love PGA Tour golf. Oh, my God, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. It's like there are so many more interesting and more compelling storylines, in my opinion, right now than Tiger Woods. It's like I just don't – like, it's oh, it's great that random people like the tour. But it's just like my thing is, is that if he plays – and he misses the cut, that will be the biggest story, and that's all anyone will talk about, where it's like, who cares? I understand the 2019 Masters, it's like, that's great. That but I think a thing that people forget is that he was under 20 to 1 to literally win the thing. Like, people compare Phil and Tiger, it's like, Phil no, won no, no. to 1, like... Tiger was actually a favorite going in. The fact that he won, yeah, after everything, it's great. But it's just like it's not as impressive or as unbelievable as Phil. So that's my Tiger rant. I hope people can understand my viewpoint. But I think it really just comes down to us being such devoted fans of the PGA Tour. And then, like, he comes in and he just drives all the storylines and all yeah. the fans. It's like we do this every week. No, listen, I, I think I think that's I think that's fucking spot on, man. And look, uh, obviously I'm older than you, but I didn't get into golf until my fucking late 20s. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, Tiger doesn't have the same effect on me as somebody who, had, like, grew up loving the sport and playing the sport. So, I'm, I, I mean, I'm even in your camp. Like, 
like, all right, dude, like what, like I get what he means to the sport and that people have certain relationships with him. Um, I heard Nagels and, uh, and Andy Lacks podcast on it, which was fucking great, by the way. Um, that's a must listen. Uh, it's completely, it's just completely almost off topic and just that oh just just based on that was a, was a great podcast like yeah I, I don't have that type of relationship that a lot of people my age have with him so i'm the same way he just hijacks everything and it doesn't help grow the sport they're pigeonholing the sport where that unless tiger is on or one of these guys are on we're not growing the fucking game which is what we're supposed to do and you know, it's it's the old stuffed shirts. It's all the same old bullshit. It's the stuff the old white guys in the office, like just fucking catering to the guys who are falling asleep with their fucking tomato soup, fucking watching uh, golf on Sunday afternoon versus the guys who are pumping money into the market with DFS and betting and fucking watching it. Like the guys who watch the Barracudas, like we are the most underserved sports fans, maybe other than American soccer fans. Right. Like in in the world, like we love this shit. We watch garbage. We put up with garbage. We put up with PGA Tour Live. We put up with fucking Saturday coverage on the Golf Channel at three, getting interrupted by nine thousand commercials. Who's paying that much ad time for that shitty fucking advertisement anyway? Like we, we don't get to see any golf shots. We get to see the 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 paint guy, the Valspar guy, talk for forty five fucking minutes in the booth while we miss all the shots that are going on. While we're sweating it on Sunday, we put up with the worst shit, and we're still here, battered wives of fucking of sports fans, <laughs> battered wives of sports fans, and we just take it. It's awful. Makes me all right. Upset. Since you guys had your Tiger spiel, I'll have my Tiger spiel. This won't be short and sweet. So listen, I love Tiger. I hate his fans. I think his fans suck. I agree with you guys. I think it just these are people who just put on realistic expectations on Tiger. If something bad goes wrong, they just like, oh, well, fuck golf. I'm going to stop watching. And honestly, I kind of wish at this point with Tiger, I wish he would just give everybody the middle finger, go buy an island in Fiji and just go fishing and just live out the rest of his days because he doesn't need to prove anything to anybody else. He doesn't owe anything to anybody else. He has done everything he really needs to do. Just go and be happy. I don't think golf is actually happy for him anymore. <laughs> I, th- I think he just want, should just get away from the game, get away from it all. And that's my little rant on Tiger. So why don't we take a little break, and then uh, we'll finish up the show with some over-unders. All right. So uh, before we get to the over-unders, since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in the speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. So head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web app, you can access the demo of their app that will launch this Next fall, um, the app includes a consensus lines from Vegas, a feed from what other people are betting on, the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. That is very dangerous for me. Uh, no money is transacted on the app. It is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, sports, turn up the dial a notch and go to SoBet.io and see so you can hit the most ridiculous bets. You just have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is on the other side. It's like options. Uh, never mind. Um, let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. So go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN, SGPN to join the revolution today. All right. Now we're going to close the show with just some rapid fire over under. So this is just total wins between now and the tour championship. So throw out any wins from the fall 
and just PGA Tour, by the way. No European Tour events. No oh, no events. Euros. Okay. No Euros. So, all right. Colin Morikawa, over under two and a half wins. Kirshner, go first. Under, I say he has two wins. Okay. Capper, what do you say? Same, two. I think over. I think Morikawa is going to win three times. I think he's going to be a stud this year. So. You, you think he's going to play enough to win three? Hell yeah. Okay. I think he's, I think he's just getting started. Like if, if he has found consistency with the putter, like, like enough, he's like, he's hitting his apex on his putter, like enough times where that's just going to match the ball striking every time he's going to win a ton. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think over, I think it's going to be a big more cow year. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. John Rahm over under two and a half Kirshner. I say two wins. Um, I definitely think he has the talent to win twice. I don't see him winning three times though. Okay. Over. Capper. Over. All right. I am going under. I think he wins once. 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 I think he's just a really good player who's going to finish top 10 a lot. I think he's going to win once. And that's it. Okay. All right. JT over under two and a half wins. Kirshner. You know, I'm high on JT this year. I think he has a good year. So just, I mean, I would say over because I think I, he does have a better year, much better year than last year. But three is asking a lot. Okay. Capper. Under. I think, uh, I don't know, man. Like, you, like uh, I bet that number at, at TPC based on the number being wrong on JT, but that dude can't putt, man. Like, the, the putter is broken. I don't think he's mentally there. I heard that long that long form interview we had with, was it no laying up, Steve? Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's there, man. So uh, I'm going to take the under. I think this is not going to be a great season for JT. Okay. I'm also going under. I think he's only going to win once. So, all right, Patch Cantley over under one and a half wins. Kirshner? Have to go over. I'm very high on his game. I think he wins twice. He won basically four times last year. I think he can win a major and one random event, maybe the Memorial again. I'm going to say over for Cantley. All right, Capper? Yeah, I feel like that's an easy over. All right, I'm going under. I think he wins one splits the open to match uh, my prediction. <laughs> okay. All right, Victor Hovland over under one and a half wins. Kirshner? This is tough for me. Definitely under, easy under. Everyone's high on Victor. Under, under, under. Okay, Capper. I think he. I, I think he wins over. He's he plays the shitty events. Like he play. You know what I mean? Like, like. But is he gonna play those shitty events still? I don't know. Uh, probably not. I, I know. That's what. I, I, you know what? Brian's right, man. The fucking steam is all over him. He's the fucking darling. I'm sure Sobel's gonna pick him every week. Let's fucking let's go under. Yeah, I'll go under too because that means if you that means he would have won four times total this yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, just I'll go no. under. Yeah, all right, Bryson over under one and a half. Kirshner. I would say over. I just think his win equity is too high and he's too suitable at too many courses. Easy over for me on Bryson. I think he wins twice. Capper under. I agree. Under. I think that Greens book thing is going to fuck him up. I think it's going to really fuck him up. I do. All right. Spieth, over under one and a half. Kirshner? Hate to do it. I'm going to say over. I think between the majors and him finding his game again, I think he could get two wins. I think he's always going to be a problem at the Valero and um, at Colonial. So I like yep. those two. So I'm going to say over. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. yeah, over. I feel like this is an easy over for me. As long as he gets that driver back to where he had it, um, where it wasn't just a complete goddamn mess. Like, yeah, uh, let's. I, I like the over on Spieth. All right, I'm going under, and he's going to win zero times. You hate Spieth. You, I, 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 you I, I hate Spieth. I think his bad ball striking is back. I yeah. think it's going to be an ugly season for him. 
I, I just I disagree. I, I also had faith, Jordan, going into last season, and you didn't. So let's go. Okay. All right. There you go. All right, DJ, over under one and a half wins. Kershner. This one's tough. I, I, law of averages. He has to win. I would say he gets one win, but I don't think I don't see him going over two. But I think the fact that he hasn't won since the April Master. I mean the uh, the Fall Masters means he has to win this year. Okay, Capper. Man, this is such a tough dude to to handicap. Is he going to come out and just go like, hey, I didn't win at all, basically? I could go scorched earth, or is he just like, I'm DJ. I have one of the best lives ever, and uh, I'm good. Okay, I'm all gonna. Right. I, I don't know. Like, what's the? Give me, give me the juice. Like, 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 if you had to lay a line, on dude. This. What, what just, I I'm say? Just asking, it's, I'm just it's asking. One, I, one sentence. Oh, you get to go on for fucking years about the course. I got one question about le- making a line. Just, if you had to lay the line, what would it be? Over to under win, one and a half. To win one? One and a half. What would you make the line? Plus 120, 130? Oh, well, the, that's not even worth the fucking squeeze. I just take the under. I don't know. I'm not a fucking book. I don't know. There you go. Fine. The fucking under. You know, fine. All right, under. All right. Let's move this. Let's move this <laughs> along. All right. Let's get some fun ones. All right. Xander Shoffley, over under one and a half full field cut event wins. <laughs> Like it's like I think it's saying a lot, but I say he wins once, but I still say under. But I pray to God he wins once for Nagels and Andy. All right, Capper, you know I'm taking the under. Just, just a troll. That's it. Like I mean, like we we can get into it off air. We already had this argument for like two weeks. It's fine. I'm, I'm taking the under. All right. If he wasn't playing Saudi and fucking up, like it doesn't count though, right? And it, uh, no, you're missing my point. So he's playing Saudi in the midst of Phoenix, Tory Pines, and Genesis. Dude. Which is going to fuck up his schedule. And those are three of his better events. Yeah, he's great in Phoenix. Yeah, I know. And he's going to go to the Middle East and get paid. Okay. I think that's going to fuck up a little bit. But I think he's going to win a major. So I'll go under. It's one, but he wins a major. Can, can, can I get odds on Xander? Like, what odds would you, if I said Xander's not going to win a major within three years, what would you give? What, what, what odds would you Dude, give? Dude, let's have this conversation offline. Let's move it. Let's move right, it. Let's move enough. it on. All right. Let's get to some guys if they're going to actually get a win. Louie, over under half a win in the, in the United States, though. U.S. Is he finally going to win here? Like, I genuinely, like, it, like, I'm being, like, honest. Like, I know him well. Like, no, I just, I don't know. I don't think he can win. Like, I just, he's just kind of a loser. Um, so, no, I don't think he wins. And I don't All think right. the major set up for him well. All right, Capper? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, shit, what did he just try to play? He tried to play last year. He played the Rocket Mortgage, right? Like, or whatever he had never played before. Like, just try to catch a win in the U.S. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Nope. All right. I don't think it's going to happen either. All right. Will Will Zalatoris get a win? This is a good – this is, like, a really good question. I would s- – yeah, I say yeah. I say he gets a win. I think this is the most compelling thing, and I, th- I would like to know other people's opinion. I say yeah, he gets a win. All right, Capper. I say no. All right, I, I say, say no. no. I say no. I think those putting yips are so bad, bad, like real bad. So bad. I say no. All right, Mito. Is he going to get a win, Kirshner? I mean, I said it earlier, yes, but no, I don't think realistically <laughs> he will get a win just because how hard it is to win. These guys, Barracuda or Bust. Mito is Barracuda or Bust. Barracuda or Bust. All right. I Cap- fucking Cap- print the t-shirt. Barracuda or Bust. Let's fucking go. Corn Ferry Tour class of 2022. Barracuda or Bust. <laughs> there you go. All right, Capri, is he going to win? No. 
All right. I say no. I say no to him. All right. Matthew Wolf, is he going to get a win? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Easiest yes ever. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Joaquin Neiman, is he going to win again? Yes. He, he was close. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. Yes. I think he's going to get a win too. All right. Corey Connors, is he going to get another win? Yes. I hope so because we're going to fucking bet him every single week. Like, <laughs> right. I hope he fucking wins. Let's go. I, I, I'm going to say no, <laughs> but I'm hoping he gets one of those long shot majors too. All right. Ricky, is he going to win again? Oh. No shot. No, no I, I say no too. Russell Henley, he was so close to winning a couple times last year. Is he going to win this year? No. So this is like, I, I very quickly, like, Fuck Russell Henley. He's horrible. <laughs> He's legitimately horrible. And in these swing season events, he plays well. And then on Sunday, he shoots over par to fall out of the top yep. 20. Like, it's not even like, oh, he can't win. He shits himself on Sunday, whether he's in contention or not. No. All right. Aaron <laughs> Wise. Oh, man. Dude, Brian's got some scat tissue <laughs> with him, dude. All right. I wish I wish this, I wish this one was on YouTube so you could see his hands and the shaking while he was talking about them. I think he was on the Henley train to Wyndham too. Like I, I was, be- I believe so. Yeah. It's it's not even that. It's everything. All Wise, right. absolutely. I'm so high on him. He's winning one thousand percent. Like literally, absolutely. Aaron Wise is winning this season. All right, Capper. So you gonna I win? say I say yes, uh, Steve. You converted me to him, so yes. I'm gonna say no. Oh, ever, fuck ever, Chris. You ever, convinced ever, me on a guy at the end of last season, and now you're saying he's not gonna win. Listen, everybody loves him. I think I'm just going to be contrarian here. Like he's he like he is everyone's darling right now. Yeah. So I'm just going to say no. All right, Harold Varner the third. Is he finally going to win one? No, 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 no. I've no. spent I've lost so much fucking money. I love the dude. Like I, I do. Like I love to watch him play. Like I love his fucking his Jordan golf shoes. Like his swing. Like his game. Like his backstory. Fucking Jesus Christ! I can't waste any more money on him outright. I can't. I can't. Kershner. Right. Is he going to win? Uh, no, I said no, definitely not. No, he stinks. All right, Camp Champ, <laughs> is he going to win? Yeah, he wins once a year at yeah. some random event you wouldn't think of. Yeah, I say Same. Camp Champ gets it done. Same. No, I don't think I'm going to have to come on a Sunday podcast and complain about Camp Champ winning. I think that's going to be no. All right, Harry Higgs, is he going to win? Barracuda? Question mark? <laughs> yeah. Uh uh, I'm gonna say no. He drinks too much and has too much fun. Same reason why, like the back nine is always worse for me than the front nine. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. He's not winning this year. All right, last one, Keegan. Capper, why is he gonna win five times this year? <laughs> Dude, he should have won like fucking two or three times last year, man. Erroneous. <laughs> he should have won. Erroneous. He won it's once. not erroneous. He should have won. He maybe could have won Valsmar. He should have fucking won. He should have won Valsmar. They put in the drink. Burns played so He put well it in the smart. drink. If he didn't put it in the drink, he would have fucking won. End of story. It was one Yeah, time. I'd be fucking Pamela Anderson or something. <laughs> or something. Okay, get out of here. Yeah. No, I don't actually uh, I don't think Keegan uh, I don't think Keegan wins. I think he catches a couple first round leaders for me again this year. That is the that is the much more solid bet than Keegan outright. All right. I'm gonna go under too, but I think he's done winning. Yeah. All right. He's my age for Christ's sake. He is. All right. That's the end of the show. Kirshner, why don't you give a couple plugs? You know, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, what do you tell everybody uh, what you got going on this year? 
Yeah, of course, on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, You guys got me a job. You guys literally pay my rent. You guys literally <laughs> feed my children. So I'm going to put out a DFS article every week about my favorite plays in each range. And then, obviously, on Tuesday nights, I do Tap and Birdies with a new guest every week. Um, it's a lot of fun. Look, I mean, I love this industry. I love my followers. I'm not trying to quit my job and do this full time. It's a hobby for me. I love talking golf. And, you know, I mean, I'm pretty interested entertaining on Twitter. So if you don't follow me, follow me there. And uh, yeah, and I'm sure I would be remiss if I wasn't, you know, asked to be a guest on this podcast uh, uh, a few times this year. So yeah, you'll definitely be able to catch me here. Yeah, listen, listen, we really appreciate you coming on the SGPN uh, family here. Like, you know, you got a lot of good nuggets. Uh, well, I think you put out one or two DFS columns, uh, you know, last fall. Yeah, I, I really liked what I read. You know, you got a lot of good nuggets. I think you're a very good addition to this growing golf empire on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. So, all right, Capper, close the show. All right, that's it for Brian, Steve, your boy, Boston Capper. Uh, we can't break the books yet, but next fucking week at the TOC. Breaking them books, baby. Let's go.